I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With the pump fake and one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's been his game his whole career, but look at him smiling. We go, my man. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Long Two. I am Pete Rogers. He is Natty Wallach, and we are the least efficient fantasy basketball podcast you'll ever hear, but we get the job done. Natty, uh, you feeling better this week? I do. Thanks for asking. How are you doing, man? I'm I'm great. I wasn't the one who took mind disease, somehow transferred it through the microphone to your microphone, and then to you. You were sick last week, and it prevented us from recording, but I hope... Well, it sounds like you're better. I'm glad to hear that. Well, the strange thing is that I wasn't sure if it was a cold or if it was allergies. Mm. So it was irritating as well as being, you know, wildly inconvenienced. Right. That's the worst. Because then you take your like allergy meds thinking that it is allergies because that's it tends to always be me. And I'm glad that we've start this, started this tradition by opening the podcast talking about illnesses <laughs> and how we both deal with illnesses. I think this is a really good you know, to get the kind of juices flowing, get people ready to talk fantasy basketball, because we know illness is, you know, uh, the number one topic. If you're not talking about fantasy basketball, you're talking about illnesses that you could have. Um, yeah. Those are the to- only two things that I talk about. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only two are things you in sick? the world. Who's on your team? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's annoying when you can't figure out if it's allergies or an illness that you should be taking meds for. Because a lot of time allergies, I just take my like allergy pills and it's like, well, that didn't fix it. Yeah, and I don't really like taking medicine. I'd rather just sure. attack things with orange juice and chicken <laughs> soup and spite. But I didn't feel sick and I wasn't achy, but I was totally gross. And, you know, <laughs> New York City, like all the kids went oh. back to school and everything is hot garbage yeah. anyway. So I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, what just, it was. and also just being sick in New York is terrible. Especially if you have to go do something. If you can sit at home and, and do your chicken noodle soup and like hang out and sit, lay in bed and watch something, then it's great because you're like, ah, oh, I get to hear the bustling noises of New York to comfort me and lull me to sleep. But if you have to like go out and actually like fend for yourself on the subway and deal with the whole tea system and fucking work, well, then it's, then it's all hell. The tea. That's adorable, the, by the, the way. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I had I had the subway built into my head. And then and then, you know, three years in Boston, next thing you know, the tea is just what what it becomes. Absolutely. And now you have the AATA, right? <laughs> and now I have the my own car. <laughs> nice. There you go. That's that's the main perk of uh, not living in a city anymore, is being able to use the car that you have. See, that's funny because I feel like the main perk of being in a city is that I don't need to have a car. It's true. It, there's a, it's a double-edged sword. Sometimes you really need a car and you're like, damn it, I wish I had it, even though I'm in the city. And sometimes it's like really nice to be like, oh, the other side of the, you know, I can get myself to anywhere in the city by public. Do they have single-edged swords? 
Like was someone just like, you know what? He just needs one, man. He doesn't need, he doesn't need. I think it would actually be too much of an advantage for this guy to have two sharp sides. So we're just going to give him one dull side and then a sharp. I mean, isn't that basically an ax, I guess? Sure. Or I mean, like knives aren't sharp on both sides, but. Are they? Oh, interesting. I don't know. We'll Um, get to the bottom of this at some point. Totally. Because we should probably we should probably move on to some fantasy basketball conversation, don't you think? Oh yeah, since we're in this lull and everything's absolutely terrible. Sure. Let's yeah, talk about you know. fantasy basketball. Hey, we got a month. We got one more month and then and then we get actual basketball games. That's mildly exciting. I'm just like still a little bit upset about Team USA hmm. and um now all we have is rue and recrimination and then training camp starts and everything gets crazy again uh did you take some comfort in knowing that the detroit pistons signed joe johnson <laughs> i took all the comfort in that good, i good. <laughs> uh doubled my bet on the pistons winning the finals <laughs> and blake winning mvp Perfect. um i'm all in i Excellent. mean everyone needs more blaha michigan is <laughs> going to be big over the next few years um Sign on while yeah. you can. Yeah, exactly. Make sense? Buy stock. Buy stock while you still can. Um, awesome. So let's actually do talk fantasy basketball since that's that's what we're uh, on the airwaves to do. Uh, last week or or two weeks ago, uh, for those who didn't listen, make sure you tune in. Go back and listen. We talked about we gave our top five uh, fantasy point guards. This week we're going to do our top five po- fantasy shooting guards. So let's start there, Natty. We'll start at five. We'll make the people wait to get the number one guy though I think it might be a little obvious who it is. Uh, who is your fifth fantasy shooting guard? Who's going to finish top five for you this year? I would like to start out by saying that this was difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, not just because there are a lot of good players to choose from, but because there's a lot of fluidity between two and three and yeah. one and two now. That was the hardest um, for me. Yeah, so I just decided to concentrate on like just straight up twos. Um, or people that I think will be there. And I'm half excited and half embarrassed, but I'm my number five is the dentist, Zach Levine. I love him this year. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you for having him there. I'm just, you shouldn't feel bad about yourself because he's on my list and he's not five. <laughs> wow. Awesome. That's fantastic. He's number one. That's great. Exactly. Suck it, James Harden. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we can get into him more when, when I eventually say him, but I am fully on board with Zach Levine. And we've talked about him before on the podcast. He's, he's a podcast favorite. I mean, he has tons of opportunity in Chicago. He's already shown himself to be an exceptional fantasy player. And I mm-hmm. truly think that he's going to take the next step and become uh, uh, both NBA, but, but primarily fantasy superstar. I mean, he already scored 20-plus last year uh, with pretty good ratios. The team will presumably be better, and I wonder if maybe his scoring will go down, but his assists will go up, as we've mentioned on this pod before. And, yeah, I'm just really excited. I mean, he's 24 years old. Um, This is not a make-or-break year for him, but I think it's a year where he can really establish himself Mm -hmm. as an NBA player you know capitalized um and that makes chicago a real power in the east because the east is garbage 
Yeah, it's true. <laughs> like it is. If you have half of a good player. You're, <laughs> you're an elite you're, team. <laughs> You've got a pretty good chance of, of making some. I mean, that's why the Pistons went out and got their elite player in Joe Johnson. Now, yeah, he doesn't to, even need to play every game, and we're still going to be incredible. Yeah, you, like, you guys are you guys that. are set. It is pretty amazing when you look back on that Minnesota team. I mean, Minnesota has had multiple teams like this, but but just like Zach Levine, um, and you had that was they still had Wiggins then. I mean, like that they had an overlap. They didn't have Cat yet, did they? Have they? I don't think they ever overlapped. I don't think they no, ever I think, overlapped. Well, if they did, it was only for one season. Right. And I mean, Minnesota has been nuts forever now. Like they're a team that has had a lot of talent go through them, just like a couple of other really garbage teams. And uh, Zach Levine, I don't know if he escaped. I mean, if you're Zach Levine, you'd obviously rather be in Chicago than Minnesota. Right. I mean, but if you're Minnesota, you'd rather have Zach Levine than Andrew Wiggins. It's true. But I also do think, I think that it took Zach Levine getting out of Minnesota to become the man we all love. Sure. You know, like I, I, I'm not necessarily sure that he's would had, would have had the opportunity to blossom into the, you know, kind of breakout all-star that he is if he was trapped in, in the, the shithole of Minnesota. But I don't know. Plus, I mean, God damn, there's something to be said for those Bulls jerseys. They are just classics and they just look good on people. They look good on everyone. Yeah, it's really annoying. I mean, go Pistons, fuck the Bulls, <laughs> but those Reds, they're, Jesus, they're Christ. silky smooth. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's like Olympus. It's crazy. It's really nice. They're really nice. Uh, so my fifth guy uh, is Donovan Mitchell. Uh, sure. I I think Team USA is going to help him this season, hone his craft, had a little extra time to do that. I think asserted himself and showed that he could be the go-to guy. I mean, that's what he kind of already was in the jazz last year, but I think he, he has the confidence now to like really be that guy. Uh, if he keeps his turnovers down, has a more efficient shot, which is entirely possible this year, I could easily see him finishing top five, especially, I mean, I'm not fully on board the uh, he's 06 Dwayne Wade train that that a lot of people were petitioning for for him this year but uh but i i i could i could i could feel a vibe of that coming through okay i am going to accept that thesis in good faith and i'm going to counter it by saying that Dwayne Wade didn't have as many other players on that team as Don Mitch does on this one um, he will have to distribute. I think that he did pretty well in FIBA. I liked how he played yeah. for Team USA. It was just a weird situation. It wasn't his fault. He did the best he could. Um, and Utah is a team that just needs to get scoring to complement Gobert. And that's what Boyan Bogdanovich was signed for to give an, another outside threat. And, you know, Mike Conley and Don Mitch are going to be incredible together. I think I just love it so much. Yeah, no, I think, I think it's going to be, I think the jazz are very well positioned for a strong 2019 season. Yeah. I think that they're almost assuredly a 50 win team. Mm -hmm. I don't think that they'll ever be um, the number one seed though. You know? No, no. Yeah. If they finish second, I think that would be sort of the ceiling I see for them. But if everything breaks right and everything breaks wrong for everybody else, then sure, why not? I mean, they have a pretty complete team, especially when you compare it to uh, at least one of the L.A. teams. 
Right. I mean, let's let's say Kawhi and Paul George and LeBron and Anthony Davis all missed extended time. Then yeah, the Jazz could totally sure. be the first to be the one seed. If everyone in the West died, the Jazz could easily be the one seed. <laughs> right. Easy. If only the Utah Jazz were playing, then they'd win. Then they they, they could make it. They they do have the player who seemed like the most dominant in the uh, FIBA tournament in yep. Rudy Gobert, the Stifle Tower. And man, if you can't be a complimentary offensive player to a defensive force like that, then you're just doing it wrong. And yeah. I don't think Don Mitch is doing it wrong. He's a really smart player and he's going to get better as he ages. He's all of what, 22 right now? Yeah, no, he's got so, he's got plenty of time to take those steps forward. Yeah. Plus, he seems cool. Let's talk about the cool guys. Right. I mean, this is fantasy basketball. And uh, I have to say, I want to give a shout out to one of our fake teams writers and the, one of the co-hosts who I do the fantasy football podcast with, Clark Bards, who always says, and I take yeah. this to heart, you say this, it's a fantasy sport. Enjoy the team you draft. So, like, yeah, you want to get the best players, but, like, also get fun guys, guys you want to root for. And Donovan Mitchell seems like the perfect guy for that. Yeah. Yeah, get guys that you have fun with because it's a game and you want to root for them. And also not for nothing, but dudes that suck, like sometimes maybe they get kicked out of the league and you don't get to use them. Mm, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's not reffing anything. It's just a wild hypothetical. (laughs) Uh, All right, number four, who is your uh, fourth shooting guard for this year in fantasy? I'm going with Devin Booker, man motherfucker is going to be on fire this year like he's i think this year is going to be about players that are pissed and players Mm -hmm. that are not Mm -hmm. and i think devin booker's pissed he's an elite scorer his team is ridiculous or at least the front office is they're (laughs) more complete now than they have been while he's been there rubio is going to be great with him deandre aiden will be one year older and hopefully won't have too much of a sophomore slump uh, that team is starting to make sense, and I think that's really going to empower Devin Booker to go out and score more than he did last year, which is still, what, 20-plus? Well, 26 points per game last year. Come on. Yeah. You, uh, mm, you're making me reconsider my list right now because I don't have Devin Booker on it. Uh, I have Drew Holiday as my fourth shooting guard. Ooh who had an excellent season last year. And I think he'll see his points and likely his assists increase in this new high flying Pelicans offense. Um, Hard agree. Yeah. So I think that, I mean, that's all an uptick in what was already a, a very solid season last year in terms of fantasy production. But I do, I do love Devin Booker's like uh, unconscious shooting that he brings in the sense that like you can at any given week, just have Devin Booker go off for 50 points. And you're like, well, that's great. Every other player on my team could like have a garbage weekend. I'm getting carried because Devin Booker is just shooting lights out from three points and is the only player in Phoenix who's doing anything with the, with the basketball. So um, I'm going to stick by my, my, my list because, you know, I got it in writing in front of me and I'm a man of my word and I'm going to, I'm going to live and die by it. But I would not be surprised if Devin Booker ousts one of Donovan Mitchell or Drew Holiday into uh, into the top five this year. Sure, it's. I mean, I concur with everything that you that you said. <laughs> um, 
It is also possible, though, that Devin Booker is once again on a shitty Phoenix team that doesn't make sense and sort of breaks uh, like 10 games into the season because that's what's been happening over the last, I don't know, decade. Um, he's like AI. It's, mm. it you know, same position, same like, oh, shit, he went for 40. Um, same sort of unstoppable elite offensive instincts. Um but he's also super young and, you know, there's going to be growing pains in every player's career. Maybe this is the year, instead of everyone else being better and that empowering him, maybe everybody else being better challenges him and he needs to find a new role. He's not just the dude that gets the ball all the time, if you see what I'm saying. Yeah. No, no. And I think it would be interesting to see him play that role, to play the role of not getting the ball all the time and seeing what he can do in that. But having said that, I totally don't believe that's what's going to happen in Phoenix this year. (laughs) No, it's not. Who else is going to get the ball? Dude, this is such a fantasy team because Rubio is there for assists. Devin Booker is there for points. And DeAndre Ayton is there for double doubles and rebounds. Like, this is a clearly defined fantasy team, and you can draft all of those guys pretty highly, I think, with confidence. I, I mean, shit, if, why can't Devin Booker score, you know, two more points a game with a better team around him? Yeah. No. Uh, and I will say he's not in my top five shooting guards, but uh, when we talk he's about – He's not even on your top ten. He's not <laughs> even – he is not – doesn't even make the top 50. Um, he's garbage. He's garbage. No, but when we when we uh, talk about our perfect twenty five and under starting five, oh. maybe maybe uh, maybe a Mr. Devin Booker will be coming up then. Uh, number three is where oh, I is where I have the dentist Zach Levine uh, because wow. I, I'm speaking this into the existence, and this isn't Pete talking, Natty. I want you to know this is Doctor Pete. Doctor sure. Pete is telling you Zach Levine is going to be the scoring champion in 2019. Book it. Wow. I said it on the last pod. Shout out to the ringers, DJ Foster for the idea. And I'm sticking with it. It's happening. You best believe he's going to just ascend into glory. Uh, and you can take that to the doctor's office because Dr. Pete told you it's right. Dr. Pete's in Mensa. So I don't really have any kind of cogent argument against <laughs> someone like that. I mean, you're smarter than me and you clearly know that Zach Levine is as incredible as he can be. And that's a team that's sort of designed to get him to that point. Um, I don't think that Laurie Markkinen is going to turn into a volume scorer. I don't think that Wendell Carter Jr. is. And Tomas Sadoransky is a really good player, but he's there to help everybody else score. So, yeah. And Otto Porner Jr. is too boring to do anything <laughs> other than be very competent and an undervalued fantasy asset. He'll be great this year at least ADP wise. So yeah, I mean, dude, the dentist drills, he's going to be so fucking good this year. And it's just, if everything, I mean, we keep saying this, but if everything breaks right for the bulls and everything breaks wrong for everybody else, then they're for sure a top four team in the East, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, if everything breaks right for them, why not? I mean, I just, I don't even think that you need everything to break right for them. I think that this is a, a pretty solid team. And the biggest thing is, is that you're led by a guy who can just score at will. Uh, he can get to the bucket easy enough and can dunk on anyone there, regardless of, you know, height, size, ability to block. He is just a, a phenom around the rim and he's got a developing three point shot. So that's all the, yeah. that's all you need to, to, to lead the league in scoring. 
Dude, 37% from three last year on five attempts. Like, I'll take no it. Joke. Yeah. yeah Fucking sure. bump that up to seven. Like he said, shoots three, two more threes a game. Hell yes. Please and Absolutely. thank you. Um, I do have to disagree. The top four <laughs> in the East are Pistons, number one. Naturally. Then Giannis and the Bucks. Uh, then Philly. Uh, then Toronto. Mm, and then, you know, the Bulls, sure. Fine. Mm, sure. Boston. Yeah, I feel, I feel like there's, feel like, feel like Boston's pretty low in that list. How interesting. interesting. No, they're a top five team, or they <laughs> could be. <laughs> no, no, no. I should be happy with that. No, I am. I am. Thank you for putting us. No, you have Venice Cantor, dude. Like 2010, hey, right there. Every right, game. Book it. Uh, Dr. Pete agrees on that one, too. Uh, who's your number three? Okay, so I changed this from my original before the, I wrote this down, you know, earlier when doing research, and then right before the pod, I changed it. So now it's Bradley Beal. Who oh, at three? Think, Interesting. Yeah. I think he's just going to have an incredible year because what the hell else is he supposed to do? Yeah. You know, he's like kind of trapped in a star role because if he sucks, then that's just really bad. And he's not going to suck. He's one of the best all around players in the NBA. Um, he's also maybe playing to get traded, although mm. I don't know, maybe Brad Beal wants to stick around. Um, and he's what he's 26. He's just such a good all around solid, smart player. Um, and I guess I wouldn't be surprised if he, I don't know. It's hard to say that he would be number one, but it, you know, the, the two dudes I have in front of him, I just think are going to be incredible fantasy players this year. And I think the same of Beal. I just don't think that he's going to be asked to do as much as the other two. Yeah. Um, no, that's a good, that's a good point. I, I have Beal as my number two, so I'll, I'll segue right into him. And, and just with, when you look at last year, when John Wall was out, uh, for, which was the last 48 games of the season, Beal averaged 27.1 points on 47%, 47.5%, had six shot 7.6 attempts from three, shot 53% from there, had 6.6 free throw attempts, had, let me think about, uh, let me read all my notes, 5.1 boards, 5.9 assists, 1.8 steals, and I think you're going to get a whole season of that and then some because of all the things you touched on. This is now unquestionably his team that he is going to lead. And I think either he's going to play a fuck you, angry season, Washington, I'm your leader, forget about John Wall, or play a fuck you, Washington, you put me into this garbage situation. I need to get out ASAP. Contenders, come get me. Um, Either way, it's a Bradley Beal, fuck you, everyone season. And I think he's going to milk it for all it's worth and get the most out of it. Also, last year, they kept trading away his teammates. Right. So it was strange for him to play anyway this year he'll have i mean i they can't trade these dudes for a while so um you know it's it's not a terrible team i like davis Burshans a lot um mo wagner go blue uh cj miles is fine bryant is fine Jan mahinme god bless he's still there for 15 million fucking dollars um they have admiral schofield which means that they are a title contender naturally but obviously bradley beals in a situation where his value is probably higher as an asset than a player Mm. so I, i did this before the pod i swear to god this works at least the salary bradley beal for Hardaway Jr. and Justin Jackson from the Mavs works 
money-wise. Oh, my God. Now, you would have to attach a lot of other stuff, and the Mavs don't really have that many draft picks that they can trade. So that, you know, isn't a foregone. And Justin Jackson isn't really that much of an asset, I don't think. But But. if you know as the Wizards that you don't really want to have Beal with Wall – or you don't want to have both salaries, then this is a way to get out of money and to sort of prepare for Wall's return next year. And Hardaway Jr. has two years left at 20 fucking million dollars. <laughs> Go blue. Never forget. Um, and that's a tradable contract, hysterically. Um, I I mean, that's just an example. Bradley Beal can get traded. There are Every team, really, that's a contender will want him. He would look so, so, so sexy on the Lakers, which everyone knows, but I don't even know if they can do that. Um, no, dude, so you've he's, convinced he's me. He's playing for, like, every fan base and for every right. team. It's weird. It's like an he's, interview season. He's got to play with Luca and Porzingis. How I'm now, incredible. I'm now 100% sold on this. And I'm I mean, also realizing something really really dire which i think you might be bringing up with your number two player who is your number two shooting guard no wait who's your three my three was the dentist and then my two was bradley beal oh that's right and your two who's your two because i think i think i've just realized something that's going to crush me and rip my soul out so um this is what i was you know worried about before the pod and this is why i changed it my two is Harden. your two is Harden. yeah Oh my God! Who is your one? It's Luca. Oh my God! That was what I was worried about. I totally yeah. forgot that Luca. I was like, I don't know what position I was thinking Luca was going to play as a power. Dude, forward, it doesn't matter. He's probably going to end up having Fuck. three position eligibility this year. I mean, he's listed as a shooting guard on ESPN, but like, it doesn't really matter, right? Like, he's you know, I, I actually I think he's SGPF. So like. <laughs> give me a break but he's a he's a ball distributor we know that so like if you don't have him on your list that's fine who are your top two my top two is beal and harden but now i'm thinking that drew holiday is going to get the axe i'm a i'm going to convince myself that bradley beal actually won't be as good without john wall james harden is number two bradley beal is number four and lucas number one baby the season of luca is upon us i really think that's true because he's he already had his sophomore season like three years ago when he was 10 playing professionally <laughs> in Europe. I mean, his his team's going to be better this year. And if the unicorn Porzingis comes back. Oh, my God. Good, don't don't tease me, dude. Like, I, I think the sky's the limit for Luca. I think he's a future MVP. I get that Trey is really, really good. And I don't think anyone in Atlanta has anything to feel bad about. But holy fucking shit, if you're a Dallas fan, you have to be so excited. He's Luca, 20 years old, man. Do you, do you remember when everyone was freaking out because he was the European MVP at age 18 and everyone was like, well, I don't know if he can play in the NBA. He's never played college basketball again. Hey, you know what's like a better thing than college basketball? Fucking professional basketball that you've yeah. been playing since you were like 15 years old. Right. He looks pudgy. He's not explosive. Meanwhile, no, he's like if that motherfucker had been drafted instead of DeAndre Ayton in Phoenix, we'd be talking about the Suns a hell of a lot differently. It's true. It's true. He and Devin Booker would be a filthy duo. 
Yeah, sweet Jesus. Right? Oh my God. Yeah, get out of here. Yeah. But let's talk about Harden because. Sure. Because um, now he's both of our number twos. <laughs> <laughs> Always accurate, this podcast. Yeah, we're accurate. 100%. We're batting 100. Can I say, though, before we start, I yes. one of the reasons that I put Luca number one is in leagues where triple doubles are a stat category. I think he's going to get a lot of oh, triple doubles this year. God, will he ever? Yeah. No, and that's a, just another thing that if that's something that happens in your league, like those are like scoring little scoring differences that if your league has them, you want to take full advantage of those things. You know? Yeah, Russ Westbrook has been the number one player in any triple-double league for right. the past three years, I'm sure. Right. Oh, 100%. Uh, okay, yeah, let's talk Harden. So Harden yeah, is your he two. He, he, was, he was my one, and now I've bumped him down to two simply because we all believe in Luca, and Luca's a god. Uh, but give us an actual reason why James Harden <laughs> belongs as the number two shooting guard in fantasy this year. Well, the guy that keeps getting triple doubles every year, Russell Just Westbrook, joined him. The Sarge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the two highest usage dudes in the history of the fucking galaxy. Um <laughs> They've played together and it's worked. Uh, I don't think that this would have happened if they didn't have a good feeling about it. I think they will empower each other. I think Harden will spread the floor for Westbrook. And I think Westbrook will do other things to help James Harden. He could have a monster defensive year if he wants to. Um, Westbrook's free throw shooting last year was strangely bad. He's a better free throw shooter than that. Like, I, I don't think he's going to have a bad year, but I do think that each of them are going to decrease in value and fantasy. I just don't see both of them having the same numbers as they did last year on different teams. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. I mean, you're adding, I think the basically the crux behind Harden not being, again, the number one shooting guard in fantasy is usage, right? It's just the fact that he's now playing with Russell Westbrook. What is that offense going to look like? How much is he going to actually be touching the ball? And he's not going to shoot a thousand three pointers again. So that's that's going to uh, that's going to break down his value a little bit. He also somehow had two point one steals per game last year, which I don't shocked me, which which was surprising. Um, I think. You know what they say. You steal, Dude, no, up, the, steal it's a, a lot of balls. It's a Jay Billis league now. It's all about wingspan and big-ass hands. Mm-hmm. Kawhi's hands oh my God. are fucking enormous. Kawhi's hands are out of this world. Just, yeah, uh, he just grabs the ball from dudes sometimes. Who the fuck does that? Uh, he is, he is a, a true specimen of a human being. Uh, yeah. But I would see, I mean, I would honestly, if, if I was being realistic with you, Natty, and our listeners, <laughs> uh, I would I would treat Harden and Luca as like one A one B. I mean, the smart money would say that uh, Harden's going for another MVP here because uh, the Rockets like to do that, and so does he. Um, and I think that there is a possibility where Harden and Steph both sort of individually decide fuck this, I'm shooting all the threes that I possibly can. I'm depending on the math and my range and my strength. And we see another sort of evolution in what elite long-range distance scorers can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, I don't. I just don't believe that those two dudes can coexist in the same usage universe. 
years. You right. know, like it doesn't right. really make a lot of sense to me. Right. They're going to be great together. I stand by that. But I think that you're you're just not going to be able to get the same amount of production out of both of them with them sharing a court. Yeah. Also, I mean, this is a year for both of them to, you know, sort of prove themselves yet again. Everybody on the Thunder keeps having to prove themselves. <laughs> um, but the Rockets have been talking big for a long time. And mm-hmm. it's not that they're not good. It's just that they haven't been able to measure up. Yeah. And you know, Russ sort of has the same deal. Like he hasn't been to a conference finals since people left. So this is his chance to, you know, go deep again. Um, And I asked someone the other day, would you rather have James Harden or Paul George? And they looked at me and they were kind of like, shit, I don't want to answer that question. Like they didn't even want to think about whose value next to Westbrook is actually better. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I think it's going to be hard. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to be fun to watch. Uh, but we're firmly on board the fact that Luca is the number one shooting guard in fantasy this year. Probably the number one player. Or whatever in the hell he is. Like who, uh, right. I mean, positions are becoming less and less important. And I sort of wonder if in five years it's going to be like distributor, wing, big, yeah. All right. Like, five years. Fan- about power forward. Fantasy is just going to be starting five guys as your, you know, you're just going to start. Yeah. I mean, there's half of your bench anyway. I mean, half of your starting lineup is just, you know, utility flex spots. So who cares? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Wait, do you I, have any honorable mentions for mm, shooting guard? I, I mean, I guess, I guess everything, everything I said uh, about uh, Drew Holiday is an honorable mention now that he's sure. fought, fell out of my top five within this, uh, this last 20 minutes. Do you have honorable mentions? I did want to mention Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Buckets. Jimmy Butler has been a two and a three in his career. I didn't uh, say he was a two for this because he's listed at small forward on the depth chart um, for Miami this year. But I mean, there's all the reason in the world to think that Jimmy Butler is going to be fucking fantastic this year. He's another. another pissed off player right he's another fuck you let's do this player yeah there's a lot of them this year we used you touched on it but there's a lot going forward which is going to lead to a very exciting nba season oh yeah i think this is going to be a really good nba season this is gonna be a great i mean there's only maybe like two teams that i think are just total butt and everybody else has a reason to watch yeah it's the perfect, perfect league. Perfect league right there. Uh, we are going to go and talk about our perfect starting five of 25 and younger players. But before we do that, we're going to quickly take a break for some advertisements. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. 
Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. All right, we are back and we are talking. We're going to give our perfect, and I want to emphasize perfect, Natty, because this (laughs) isn't just, oh, these are all the best 25 and under players in the NBA, but I don't know how they're going to play together. This is the perfect starting lineup that is expertly crafted to maximize every player's potential. Um, and I will warn you, I added a sixth man because that is a true starting lineup. Uh, so Dude, you, so did I. Oh, oh perfect. Well, fuck, Jeez. we are just on the same page. So we're going to, do we want to start point guard, go down, start sixth man, go up? What are you feeling? I'll let you decide. You can start us off. Okay. Uh, let's just go. Let's just start with point guard. And Perfect. how about you start us off? Because I started for the, uh, for the top five. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, after we debated what position Luca is, I'm going to have Luca play point guard for my perfect 25 sure. and under starting team. Uh, he's just going to be a perfect facilitator of this offense, moving the ball with ease to whomever he wants. Um, and I have a team constructed around uh, him to be able to maximize his ability uh, in the assist category and driving to the lane using his size. Um, so he is my starting point guard. Nice. He's 20 fucking years old. So that's definitely just preposterous. Works. Yeah. Um, but you're wrong. Cause it's oh, ben no. Simmons. It's yeah, absolutely fuck. Ben. Simmons. Like hell. I was going to have Ben Simmons on this know, perfect man. team. Go green, whatever, dude. Ben <laughs> Simmons is going to be fucking radical this year. He's so good. Everyone's nitpicking. And I don't know. I've seen players be good at basketball before that didn't have outside shots. Like, I don't know, LeBron or Giannis. So I think that Ben Simmons is another pissed off player. I think that Philly is really, really good. And I would rather have someone who's 93 feet tall as my point guard than Luca, even though I'm full on with Doncic. Hey man, Luca's Luca's not a no slouch in the height department. He's six seven. I know I know fucking Ben Simmons is like seven feet, but six seven is not bad. I will say, I will say, I'll give you credit because while I was doing this list, I was I was trying to figure out who my shooting guard was going to be. And because Luca's so fluid, I was like, all right, well, maybe I can get a point guard. Like maybe I just move him to, sh- you know, to the two spot sure. and get it and get it. And I was having a really hard time not putting Ben Simmons there. Um, but I didn't. Instead, Devin Booker's my shooting guard because he is going to play the Clay Thompson heat check. Obviously, minus the defense that clay thompson brings to the table <laughs> but the but the just the unbridled heat check of any given night he can go just absolutely mental from downtown shoot like 11 for 13 um and single-handedly carry this team forward uh, uh, to the win so devin booker is my starting two guard yeah he and clay both like the second quarter which i mean they're both so goddamn good that's uh, uh that's uh when you win games natty in the second quarter I mean, my my two is Luca, so we've already talked enough about him. <laughs> um, I I think that it's like Devin Booker is I don't know maybe the best scorer out of everybody that I have on my perfect twenty five and under team. So for that point alone, he probably needs to be on the team. But. I think I think you. I mean, again, a Ben Simmons Luca back backcourt is. Oh yeah, get out! Pretty of here. sweet. It's pretty, incredible. Yeah, pretty sweet. it would look weird as hell, but <laughs> but, 
but but you'd be here for it. You'd be here for it. Uh, yeah, for sure. Who's your starting three? I went. Uh, I hate you, Jason Tatum. See, I was all right. All right, I, <laughs> I had a lot of debate about who, where, whether or not I wanted Tatum as my three. Uh, obviously, future MVP, love the guy. Nothing sure. against him, uh, but I'll 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 talk to you. Go, go ahead and pick. Talk up your Jason, uh, your Tatum pick, because then I'll I'll explain who and why I have at my three. Tatum is a player that you can believe in. We've seen him for extended stretches that weren't just blips where we were like, oh, shit, yeah, well, that guy's going to be an MVP someday. And those blips don't really tend to be fake when they last that long, uh, especially in the playoffs because he's going up against the cream of the crop. So I just think that we've seen him be incredible before and he had a sophomore slump, and it was a weird fucking year, as we've said a million times. And I'm not going to blame anybody on the Celtics for having a bad year last year. I, I don't really see why I should think of him differently than I did last year before drafts. I just yeah. think he's incredible. Nope. I agree with everything you said. Uh, I want you, I want everyone who is listening to this podcast, when you are going into your fantasy drafts, if it's a redraft league, I want you to harness the feeling, go watch Jason Tatum in the Eastern conference final dunking on him. Watch that highlight and, and fixate on that moment when you're about to draft, because that is the Jason Tatum that we are far more likely to see this year than the Tatum that we saw uh, last year. So make sure that you are not shorting yourself by thinking that Tatum is somehow in between those two levels. He's going to be much closer to what we saw his rookie year than what we saw last year. Yeah. Hard agree. I mean, he's, he, he should be the focus of this team. Should right. we? Oh yeah. And I think he will be. And I think he will be because I think Kemba is much more of a team player just from everything that I've heard coming out of Charlotte. You know, everything you hear about Kemba as a person is that he's much more of a team player who's down just to win. And so I think uh, Brad's going to draw this offense up to really shape and work around Tatum and what Tatum can do. Hopefully pulling a kind of Giannis-esque thing of driving to the hoop, kicking it out to shooters, and kind of working your off- offense like that because Tatum can also get to the hoop just effortlessly and can score from anywhere because the guy has, you know, 30-foot arms. Um, and then you'll have, you know, you'll obviously milk in, milk in, work in Kemba <laughs> in, uh, in enough ways to give him his usage and volume. But I, I would not be surprised if the Celtics aren't entirely crafted around Jason Tatum. He's getting drafted top 40 on ESPN right now. And these are early drafts, so who cares that much? But um, he's a guy that can be a top 25 player pretty easily, I think. So, uh, I mean, if he's there in the third round and you don't take him, you better have a good fucking reason why not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you better be like some dumbass Sixers fan or something like that. Um, (laughs) All right, so let me explain to you why Jason Tatum is not my starting three. First off, didn't want to just have the exact same lineup as you, obviously. Because yeah, so far, typical <laughs> Celtics fan. I love Jason Tatum, just not for this though. Just not for this. Not for perfect. Not for perfect. <laughs> not for a perfect lineup. Right. Uh, I think he's good. I mean, I like him. Go green, but perfect. Come on. My perfect lineup. Spoiler alert: does not have Giannis Antetokounmpo in it. 
And so I needed, I needed defense. I have multiple defenders to cover Giannis, but I needed defense at my three spot. I needed someone who not only can shut someone down, but also can score at will on the offensive side. I want someone who has learned from arguably the best player in the NBA last year on both sides of the court. My three is Pascal Siakam, who is going to take harness Kawhi Leonard and lead this team to a championship. That sounds awesome. It won't happen, but it sounds so cool, man. That just sounds great. Thank you. Um, I'm good at spinning the narrative. Absolutely. And it works because Kawhi left. Like those minutes are there. Those shot attempts are there. That uh, position is open for him to take it over. There's a uh, real complimentary feel to that team. Everybody sort of knows their position and what they do and how they work together. Um, I think the Raptors are going to be better than people think they are. And if they're a top three team, then it's probably because either Lowry went crazy or Siakam did. And I, and I agree with everything you said, but I want to emphasize Natty. I'm not talking, I don't care about the Raptors. I'm talking <laughs> this perfect team of Luca, Devin Booker and Pascal Siakam so far sure. championship bound championship bound, especially when, do you know who I'm adding at the four? Cause it's not Giannis, but it's your boy, Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, really? You put him there. Okay. I'm All putting, right, fine. I'm fine. putting Cat at the four because Cat is going to basically play the spread the defense, uh, shoot from deep, long range, up at the court, ball handling, everything power forward that we've seen thrive in today's NBA. He's going to be a beautiful running mate with Luca um, and will provide some defense. But you also have Pascal Siakam there, and I've got more defense coming. I got. Defense on defense, baby. I love my defense. Uh, but Cat is finally going to be an offense where he can facilitate because he's got shooters surrounding him. He can score at will because the paint's not going to be wildly crowded with, uh, with everyone clogging the lane. Um, and he is just going to work. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have him at center. And in my head, I'm just asking myself, does he have Zion at center? Because if he does, I'm going to jump off the planet. Um, <laughs> I, I agree with Spoiler everything. Alert. Okay. You should have just said, of course I do. I know. <laughs> just just the, the fucking podcast explodes. And that's it. And that was the log too, yeah. you guys. Hope you enjoyed yeah. it. And I, I mean, there's a part of me that thinks that's just a fantastic idea because of all the things you just said. Um, Cat has range. He's incredible. That team is such a fucking goddamn mess. And such a dumpster fire. Yeah, man. Stupid. Like they shouldn't be in the West. That team is never going to be taken seriously while they're in the West because hello, they should be playing Wisconsin and Michigan and Indiana and Illinois. Toronto. Yeah. Like, God damn. It's so stupid, man. Minnesota West. Yeah, whatever. Um, (laughs) Anyway, Big Cat's just incredible and there's nothing holding him back this year. And I think he's going to be another one of those pissed off players because of what Jimmy Butler did last year, because Mm -hmm. of what the front office has conspired through just a series of incompetent decisions to present it. I mean, he's sort of got the worst situation of any of the young elite players right how could you trust that team 
you can't can i can i i'm gonna make it quick because as per usual with the show we're you know very tangential we're not the most efficient podcast um and we are already are lengthy but i i need i've had this rant kind of percolating in my mind for a while now and i'm i'm going to rant to you natty i'm ready born ready let's go (laughs) thank you thank you i appreciate that uh Old sports heads, and I'm looking right in your motherfucking eyes, Bill Simmons, (laughs) are all up in a tizzy because NBA players, and now it's happening in the NFL too, because players feel like they have the right and the power to request trades, to get out of shitty situations, and trying to get the best for them, right? And and this previous generation of sportscasters is all like, wow, haven't they ever heard about being a good leader? What about a team playing for the team? Stick around, be part of the team. Oh, this is such a me-centric ideal ideology. Like these players don't care about the team anymore. They're just going to bounce around from place to place to play with their friends. And that can't be how this sport operates anymore. But you can't fucking say that when these players are stuck and trapped in just garbage organizations that don't do anything except for tread water at the best most of the time drown how can you expect a player particularly in the nfl because your body is constantly on the line in that sport but any sport you're going to put yourself out there to get it to like possibly lose right the thing that is your job your physical well-being for for an organization for an ownership for a leadership for a team that doesn't give a flying F about you, that will cut you, has no problem getting rid of you and and voiding all of your guaranteed contract, but also is so inept that they're not putting a team around you. Why wouldn't you as a player be like, you know what? This environment is not good. I don't enjoy this. I don't want to be a part of this. I'm going to get out. Like, if you, you take this scenario to any other job, if you didn't like your job, of course you'd quit. Of course you'd ask to get transferred, whatever it be. Like, you can't separate those two just because, well, this is entertainment. You should just, this is the team you were drafted to. You're just going to do that. It's like, no, that's not how it works, man. If you fucking want to keep your stars, build a good fucking team. Be smart. Don't be an idiot. There's my rant. <laughs> Don't be stupid. Dr. Pete. <laughs> just be Dr. Pete, man. It's build a fucking good team. If you want to keep your stars around, Build a fucking good team. You have all the power in the world, owners, right? You have billions of dollars just lying around. Like, you can't fucking build a good team. Get out of here. You can't then go bitching about how the players are leaving your organization. Build an organization that they want to be a part of. I don't have a problem with player movement from either side. Um, I mean, players can get traded and players can sit out and it's just a game. This isn't, you know a war like it's it's okay if you have a business dispute and you don't do work for a while and god bless all the union workers in michigan um in simmons defense i think it's uh like he's been really pissed off publicly about the anthony davis trade and i feel like it was more about how it happened and the fact that davis uh how he behaved with his team rather than the movement itself. I mean, That's everybody fair. was saying that Davis was going to go to the Lakers eventually. I think what was um, distasteful was the fact that they sort of said, fuck this team publicly. And then he wasn't playing. And, you know, it's just like, 
It was not he, handled he really well. Shouldn't. I agree with that. I agree with that. It was handled very poorly. And I commend the uh, the Pelicans for basically torpedoing them trying to trade during the season when the Lakers were like, hey, we'll offer you everyone. And then they leaked that. And the Pelicans were like, oh, spoiler alert, we're not trading with you. But thanks for ruining all the chemistry you didn't have. It's also, yeah, really poor form to uh, behave that way towards your peers and your colleagues and your teammates. Um, LeBron did the exact same thing in LA where he's like, yeah, well, let's trade everybody who cares. Um, There's a certain amount of leeway that comes with the absolute stars because from a certain point of view, they're right. They, they shouldn't have to tolerate incompetence. Uh, They shouldn't have to tolerate bad teams. You're wasting years of my career that, that, could be incredible um it is good when players that are you know elites team up because that just makes it more fun um the reason i think that a lot of people are upset with the player movement this summer was that so much of it happened so fast Mm. if all of these moves had happened over a three-year span then i don't think people would have been in such an arms but you know, like Kawhi and Paul George conspiring to get him to. <laughs> but you know, that's it's like just, every that's just single good fucking shit. person in the room wanted that trade to happen anyway. Okay, yeah. so he wanted to be able to do that. Yeah. I don't really see what the big deal is. It's good content. Um, yeah, like, why are we hoping... Fans have loyalty to teams, but they understand that it's completely irrational. It's just geographic. Like, no Minnesota fan wants cat to leave but they want the team to be better and they understand that if the team's shit then yeah he should leave right because why should you waste your whole career and and, and, fame matters to these players that is like and getting a ring increases your chances by a lot so this is serious shit it's also money and there's no problem with forcing your way to another team there is a problem when you publicly diss Uh, your teammates and basically say fuck this place fuck this town um also the owner was a widow you probably shouldn't like publicly force a widow to do things that's something that you can like suggest in back rooms and do it discreetly uh so the whole thing was really just poorly done yeah no that's that's i mean there is a right way to do it. I, I just, and maybe I'm, and maybe I am reacting stronger to more of this is now becoming a, t- a hot button topic in the NFL circles. Um, and everyone's like, ah, you should just stick around for the team to be good. And it's like, if the team is being actively garbage, why would I want to be there? Why would I want to stick around and just hope that this team is going to build, you know, this, this organization is going to build a good team around me. It's a lot easier power to the NBA. It's a lot easier to do that in the NBA, right? I mean, you get two or three guys and suddenly you're rocking and rolling the NFL. It takes, yeah. you know, you got to build a whole, whole 53 man roster and you don't trust half the teams there to actually do it because they haven't proven that they're able to do it. Dude, half every single year, <laughs> elite teams fall to the bottom and bottom teams. Fall. Like they're, there's so much variance in football. It's impossible to predict yeah. any team outside of the Patriots. It, it just is. It is like there's there's absolutely no rhyme or reason to it. Um, 
I can't stand football because every new offensive coordinator comes in with a new fucking Bible and everybody has to learn the whole thing. Right. And it ruins everyone. Yeah. Dude, like Jason Campbell was a good quarterback. I mean, this is showing how old I am, but like, (laughs) I really like Jason Campbell and every single year, the Redskins would bring in a new offensive coordinator or a new head coach. And he has to learn an entire new 1000 page fucking binder and it totally destroyed his career because how are yeah. you supposed to have any kind of consistency with that when it's changing all the time? Um, there's the olds that are complaining about player movement are uh, yearning for a time when players didn't have free agency and like <laughs> didn't have any kind of power or say right. over their careers. A bad time. It's exactly how people who feel about the fifties being this halcyon age are like, no, a lot of bad <laughs> no, shit. No, there was, was a going lot of that. wrong going on in the world. Right, at that like this one small segment of society was having a good time. Um, but the, like people that are complaining about the player movement, what they should be complaining about are the teams that forced these players to make these decisions. Like, Amen almost every player wants to win a championship for the team that drafts them. If you're just going to be Orlando, then why the fuck shouldn't I leave? Yep. Like, what have you done? What do I owe you? The owners and the GMs don't owe player. Like to get back to Simmons for a second. And in his defense, like he was irate at the Celtics over the IT thing, just because of how they treated him through the entire process, you know, being injured in the playoffs and like what he meant to Boston and Boston hasn't had very good karma since then. Have they? It's true. It's true. Like doesn't nope. really seem like free agents outside of Gordon Hayward want to go play for a team like that, that treats their players like that. So I think Simmons is the national voice of sports right now. And so he gets uh, tied in with a lot of, the um, main arguments that are going on uh, for both sides, just because, you know, people project themselves onto, uh, you know, big celebrities. But the the problem comes down to the teams are failing. If a yeah. good player leaves your team, you failed. It's yep. just like Team USA and Colangelo. Like, Colangelo is in charge of the team. You can't blame the players. You can't blame the coach. You put this team together. You shouldn't be sitting there saying, oh, well, why aren't these guys like coming to play for me? You should be out there convincing them. Right. I think the Team USA fiasco is absolutely Colangelo's fault. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's because some players don't want to play for a guy whose son talks shit about other players. Or yeah. his wife did, anyway. Nope, I completely agree. Well, well said Fuck on bosses, Pete. Fuck <laughs> bosses. Fuck the man. As I say to me, myself, the boss. Um, all right. You're a shepherd. I think we've got we've got uh, two people still on. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Classic us. Uh, totally. Two things to talk about. I think you said, so Kat's your, Kat's your center. Kat's my power forward. I assume you have Giannis at your four. Oh, absolutely. And then Kat's my five. And then Kat's your five. I have Miles Turner as my five. Oh, I love that. Shoot threes. He can block. He can play defense. He can clog up the lane for Giannis when he drives. Um, he's my he's my uh, anchor of the defense. Interesting. I I mean, you did say you were going defense. Um, I sort of thought that you were going to have uh, Jokic at center. And I was I, like, ooh, that's fucking nice. I do love Jokic, but I feel like Jokic and Kat can be – play the similar play a similar role like i think cat can in an off in an offense where it's just like hey you are in charge let's go crazy cat can be what Jokic is to the nuggets um 
and know, so I, I didn't wonder have enough assets to trade for cat fuck that would be gorgeous <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, so I didn't want to. I felt like that was doubling up. So I was like, I'm going to get a guy who will sh- hit the open shot. Basically, in my mind, Miles Turner uh, is, and people are going to get at me for saying this, and this is not Doctor Pete talking. Is a better <laughs> is a better Joel Embiid. Oh wow! So this is Pete on cocaine. This is this Pete is on a lots lots of ass. cocaine. High right. as Pete is like Miles right. Turner is a better player or better for the, my perfect twenty five and under starting five than uh, Joel Embiid and maybe the best version of Joel Embiid. I think Joel is a freak. He's a phenomenal basketball player, uh, but I think sometimes the things that the Sixers want him to do stand around the perimeter and shoot threes and then you know clog up in the paint when uh, in defense. I feel like Miles Turner might be better situated for those things. I think I don't think Miles Turner has anywhere near the around the rim game that Joel has. Miles Turner is probably going to play more this year, also, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I like that a lot. I think that's great. Um, who's your six? Also on the cusp of twenty five. So who cares? Yeah. Who's your sixth uh, man? Last guy. So, let's let's finish yeah, this line. Totally. <laughs> so my sixth man was Joker. It was Joker. Nice, I nice. just like really liked writing his name next to Carl Anthony Towns. Mm. You know, it's thinking about it. <laughs> just the lineups that you could do, and you could have them switch, but you could have them play together. Yeah, they would be. Oh my yeah. god, the lineups you but could run with that. I would like to mention that a runner-up was the drum Andre Drummond, who is not sexy. I understand but he was a top 20 player in ESPN basic last year. And he's top 15 in ADP this year. He is still pretty much a baby. He's totally consistent and he's improving year to year. Um, He's not a, you know, defensive stalwart and he's not an elite offensive player. What he is, is solid. Yeah. No. And he's going to, he's going to eat boards for days. Hell yeah, he is. Who's your sixth man? Uh, I mean, if I'm going up against your perfect 25, right? I need someone who I know. I trust Pascal Siakam. I trust Miles Turner. Those are guys who I think can wear Giannis down, but I need someone who in crunch moments, when the game is on the line, the last four minutes of the fourth quarter, I need someone who I can put on Giannis to single-handedly shut him down and cause that crucial turnover that's going to win us the game. There's only one man for the job. Who is it? It's Marcus Smart. Wow. Marcus is clearly the choice here. That's great. I mean, (laughs) I agree. (laughs) I had to get one homer pick in there, and I was like, Marcus is my my sixth man. He's going to come on. He's going to give so much energy to this team, and he can play Giannis for four minutes. And as we said, you're high as hell. So and I, like, I am I, currently Miles Turner is a better player than Joel Embiid in my head right now. So Marcus this, Smart is really young though, and can play above his position on defense. He's going to be a very interesting player to watch this year. I, I'm very excited for this entire Celtics team, obviously. But yes, I, you forget, you just forget about a lot with a lot of these guys how young they come into the league. And do you feel like they've been in? I mean, like Marcus has been in the league for like five years. So is Drummond, you know, but they're like 20, 25 years old. You're like, good God. They're they're Their peak is like three years away. Just imagine what this guy could be in three years. Yeah. The fact that people get like three big contracts before they're 30 now is Is absurd. Um, I mean, it's great though. It's super good. Yeah. No, Um, it's it's great. Uh, All right. Let's wrap this up. 
because, sure. because a dude of, we didn't mention by the way Trey oh young. yeah Trey young i i thought about him as my as a shooting guard or as a as a, my point guard too but yeah, i was fox also i was my my Trey young thing and maybe this is just my naivete of not having watched every single atlanta hawks game but <gasps> what i know shocker i feel like Trey young is in the james harden vein of being very good with the ball in his hands and i need someone who can uh run off screens and catch and shoot which sure. could be still trey young but correct me correct me hawks fans if i'm wrong i think trey young can do that but is that his game i don't know is that using him to his best i don't know i don't need devin booker to be a facilitator i'm happy to never have him <laughs> facilitate an offense ever again i just need him to run off screens and hit threes He's just a fucking assassin. He's man. just, that's all he's he on the court from for the far side of the moon. That's all, he's all that right. he is doing. Uh, all right. To wrap us up, Natty, uh, we've had two weeks now to think about this, but give me your favorite thing of the week. My favorite thing of the week is, well, I think I'm going to go with some music again oh, because nice. There's just been so much ridiculous bullshit going on in the world. <laughs> and I live in New York, and it's UN week, and motherfucker, man. That just, is an exciting God, time to be alive. Damn it. And, like, school's back in, so every kid is sending around the plague. And it's just, I mean, it's nice. It was a beautiful day out here. I don't want to complain too much. But I also feel like music and basketball go hand in hand. Yeah. The Team USA thing got me really befuddled. I felt like YG, you know, who shot me. Uh, great song, great album. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I also was confused at our front court and thought that we needed a bigger weapon. So I'm going to recommend The Coup and their incredible song, We Are The Ones, off of their album, Pick a Bigger Weapon. <laughs> and then because the fucking Tigers are just... Jesus, they're going to be the worst team in baseball this year. And they have another 100 loss team in their own fucking division. <laughs> We're just it's, covering all sports here. This is dude, excellent. And like Nick Cassianos is turning into the player that every Tigers fan knew that he could be. And he's on a different fucking team. And God bless. I'm glad we all wanted him to do well. Go Nicky Castles in the sky. But it really fucking hurts because come on, man. Anyway, Percy Sledges, you're pouring water on a drowning man. Seems really apt. Seems really apt. For uh. this fucking Tigers season, which at long last is going to come to an end. Oh, my God. Oh, man. How about you? What's your fave? Uh, did you see the trailer for the new Adam Sandler movie? The, I think it's like uh, Uncut Gems that just came out today. No. So it's like an Adam Sandler drama uh, about seemingly gambling. I think sure. I was kind of confused by it. It seems like you gambled slash owns a pawn shop slash maybe rigged a game or something like that. Nonetheless, the main point to take from here is that Kevin Garnett is in it and Kevin Garnett oh. does not look like he has aged a millisecond since retiring from the NBA, let alone since playing in the 2008 championship. Like it is incredible how well that man has aged. You, I tweeted out a photo of him from the 2008 run and from this trailer. 11 years apart, and they look fucking identical. So whatever you're doing, KG, it is working like gangbusters because you are well, Wait a second, when did they film the movie? Maybe it's 11 years old. <laughs> Maybe they just waited 11 years. They waited for <laughs> Adam Sandler moment, to like, man. Right, to like 
Adam Sandler to work his way out of that massive Netflix deal that he had signed to make like 13 shitty movies. And then they're like, oh, finally, we can release this now. Dude, I'm all about more Kevin Garnett. I think he's fantastic. I loved his weird hat off the side of his head. Ah, um, incredible. Yeah, I think he's a great, cool dude. I wish he was on more broadcasts. And I think, and, and he, I, would, I mean, you saw like a tiny little snippet of him in this, but dude, if he like play, if he does a good job, I mean, I am here for a Kevin Garnett actorized, yeah, an acting career. I am, yeah. I am all for that. Let's let's do that. Let's remake Shazam, but with uh, Kevin Garnett. Right, he's like in the next Christopher Nolan movie. Oh, <laughs> like yes, he starts please. popping up in indie films. It would be incredible. Oh, that's yeah. Perfect. He could just have a counter movie empire to LeBron's Space Jam too. Oh, yeah. He's like, hey, LeBron, you have uh, Space Jam and Trainwreck. I've got oh, yeah. I've right. got a whole fucking video empire coming my way. Yo, how many players in the NBA do you think are going to be in Space Jam too? I feel like there's going to be just an absurd amount of cameos in it. Like I would say I would, I would confidently bet that there is at least 20. Yeah. I mean, this is a real opportunity for LeBron to sort of throw an elbow as a celebrity and Mm. as a power broker, like look at how many fucking people love me and who I can put in a movie. I mean, Bill Murray was in the original space jam. Maybe he'll be in two. Like what other, you know, like movies or, or, or hear me out. His train wreck co-star Bill Hader plays the Bill Murray role. Just got to keep the bills consistent. Oh shit. Do you think Michael Jordan will be in it? On the one hand, I really want him to be, but on the other hand, I could also see Michael Jordan being like, go fuck yourself. (laughs) Yeah. But damn but damn if he comes on at the end if he if he plays the bill murray and comes on the court at the end being like oh you guys need one and then you're like oh my god michael jordan is here to save lebron's legacy it would be the most fitting thing in the world because like maybe they needed his permission to do it anyway is it his movie that's That's a good question yeah who do we talk to about that i i don't know whoever owns the fucking looney tunes warner brothers (laughs) it is warner brothers uh, all right, yeah, we'll get we'll uh we'll confirm that we'll see whether or not Michael Jordan owns Space Jam or or if not. I feel like he would. I would. Did you see Ad Astra? No, I have not Speaking seen that yet. Did you? It just yeah, came it's out really, really funny. Just kidding. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a lighthearted comedy. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like it was stellar. Interstellar. I mean, Brad Pitt, nice fucking job, bro. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. It's just an opportunity to see Brad Pitt acting well. Like it's just yeah. him in the movie. So it's yeah, it's totally fine. Yeah, um, I'll take that. That's a that's a yeah. well worth whatever fifteen bucks to go to a movie these days. It's no Rise of Skywalker. Woo, baby! All right, with that, before we get <laughs> on a whole Star Wars binge, uh, <laughs> we're going to sign off. Make sure to subscribe under the Fake Teams Podcast channel. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whole nine yards. Follow us on Twitter at the long two podcast. Uh, we will be back at you next week. Natty, enjoy your week, sir. Yo, have a great week, man.